0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Thinking Caps. I'm Tim Glom, I'm joined with my cohort, CMO at Cheetah Digital, Richard Jones. And today we have Darian Bates. Darian Bates is the Head of Data and Guest Experience at End Pizza. It's a great firm doing great things, Get ready to be inspired, but also you're probably gonna get a little hungry later in this. Um, So Darian, we appreciate you coming from the safety of your own home in the period of COVID and making the time for us. How are you today? Doing well, sir. How are you doing? I think we're doing well.
1: Richard, how are you doing? I am good, thank you, sir. ready to go? Um, Yeah, well, go ahead, because I've got a bunch of
0: questions I have for for Darian, but why don't you kick it off as usual?
1: Yeah, well, so, Darian, please give us a quick overview of Ampizza. uh, And if you could, could you touch on the sort of unique positioning uh, in the restaurant space Uh, Well, there's a little bit of information about what the brand
2: is all about. Sure, sure. I think, you know, uh, on its surface, uh, N Pizza, we were started in Washington, D.C., very much a regional brand at this point. We're in Washington, uh, the surrounding, we call it the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, up to uh, Baltimore, Philly, New York. We have a location in Boston, so sort of up the eastern seaboard. We're now moving down a little bit into – virginia and and uh realms further south and uh yeah so we're we're very much a, a crafter own pizza brand. uh think of us like Chipotle for pizzas sort of our shorthand there uh, in terms of you know very much a uh you know traditionally very much a walk the line pizza brand you know you think about you you walk in you you go down those stations you 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 pick your toppings um but I think that you know that's i think that the surface level what we're about we're actually started by uh, our founder, Michael Astoria, really started um, and pizza with this idea of, of being more than just like like pizza was the beginning of something It's the beginning of a relationship. It brings people together, this idea of like, who doesn't love pizza, because you can make it your own way, you can be very like, your own kind of person, your own kind of toppings, like pretty much anybody can find a pizza that uh, suits their uh, preferences. And it was really about kind of Doing more than just food. It was about creating points of connection in culture and then very mission-oriented, uh, very kind of cause-based. And that's kind of driven the brand um th- really from its founding.
1: Do you know? Uh, we really shouldn't have um arranged to shoot this just before lunch <laughs> because just, just talking about pizza has got my stomach rumbling.
0: I've got their website up here too, and I'm looking at it going, oh man. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, no. I, we have to. We all we're all consumers of our brand. I'll be honest. Like we uh, we're very happy with it. Like that's one of those things when uh, when I was invited to join. Um, I think the first thing for me, uh, you know, coming from a, a long background and working in a number of different products, uh, I have to believe in the product. And I was I was excited when I I had actually found out about Anpita years before, and I was like, I'm good on this one. <laughs>
0: cool well let's talk because we're in we're in a period we're all coming from our own homes we've been recording thinking gaps here in, in my home and richard's home we're in COVID, um and COVID's a hot topic and everybody's you know if you don't mind i'd love to understand what COVID has meant to you like how did uh you know how are you dealing with it and you and i got a chance to talk a little earlier about it actually accelerated some things for you in, in a very interesting way and I, this story is amazing so if you don't mind if you'd share you know what did COVID COVID kick off? Uh, and, and tell us a little bit about your oh, integration. Oh man,
2: yeah, I feel like I need like a tattoo of like COVID <laughs> on me somewhere too, so I can have an outward manifestation of what it's done to us internally. Um, yeah, so in my role at AmPizza, um, I oversee the entire um, kind of technology footprint for the brand. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, like we AmPizza started off very much as a walk the line brand. You know, like when you think about pizza, like pizza's really had this. Um, position in a lot of people's lives as kind of a delivery thing, right? Um, But we actually started off as very much you walk in, you look at the toppings, you pick your toppings. um, And really even, uh, you know, we've been um, planning on this idea of moving much more towards like a full digital footprint. We have a a, a digital platform we spent a lot of time with. We are you know, an app that we spent a lot of time with, but there was a, there was a roadmap that was like six to 12 months to really push heavily into um, like orienting a much higher percentage of our sales through digital. Um, at, but up until COVID, we were running at about 60 to 65% of our, our sales were still walk the line sales. or were still people walking into the shop, placing a pizza. Uh, in three days, <laughs> we switched to 100% digital sales, um, which was uh, massive to say like all the plans that we had had uh, kind of that was six to 12 months kind of timelines, a gradual ramp up, Uh, it just like, it switched overnight. And it was, um, yeah, we had some sleepless nights for a little bit on the tech team as we were kind of doing some major overhauls. Um, You know, one of the things I've talked about is uh, to some of the uh, members of our team is the idea that technology really is a little bit like a magic trick. The idea that like you do a lot of setup ahead of time and no one's really paying attention to when you set it up. But then, like when they show up in a situation, you suddenly are like, look at how fancy that is. Look at how like it looks so effortless. Um, <laughs> this uh, we were not able to do. I mean, I think the the planning was was well in process, but the idea of whipping out the magic trick about looking how seamless all of this is, uh, we definitely we definitely felt it. But it really expedited everything. It really did turn like a six to twelve month transition into, like you know, no kidding aside, like like a 48 hour transition into a full digital, uh, experience, which, which had some, uh, downstream ramifications, which we can talk about.
1: Yeah, sure I mean, it's ama- It's amazing how c- quickly, you know, digital acceleration has been forced on, uh, people of all different, uh, industries, um, three days, you know, that must give you nightmares. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is. And actually during that time, uh, just through, you know, sheer, uh, uh, dumb, I wouldn't even call it dumb luck, dumb bad luck in some ways, that we were also turning over our entire menu during that same time. So we actually were launching a completely new menu while we were also transitioning to an entire digital interface. Um, and unfortunately, with the menu change, which meant like new product, new ingredients, like the whole production line is like, you can't just put like a pause on it. We're like, yeah, we, we don't have some of those ingredients anymore. We have these other ones that are shipping in. And so normally that's a, that's a very careful role um, that you try to isolate, you kind of lock everything else down and just change the menu, and instead, like everything was changing at the same time, kind of in full view. So, yeah, it's it definitely created uh created a lot of uh, a lot of energy on our side.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. And like you know, if you go to your website today, you've got the ability obviously to do the online ordering for yourself for your, for your pizza, but you've also got your hero pies. Uh, right. program where you can gift pies to to healthcare workers, tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah and that was huge for us um, and honestly that I, this is one of those places where when we talk a little bit about um, and i 'd love to talk a little bit about kind of where um, you know some of our integration partners and some of our technology partners have really come in um, one of the things that um, our you know our CEO leaned into right off the bat was this idea of rather than kind of like ducking and covering during this big moment, it was really kind of going the opposite way. Like how do you really stand kind of front and center and kind of do the right thing when everything's shifting. And within like, I think it was the next day after we kind of got this full like lockdown um, orders and all this stuff that was coming out, like our CEO just, you know, stepped forward. and was like, we're gonna pay our, we're going to actually gonna add a dollar an hour to every single member of our uh, team staff. We're going to, we had already had like a Lyft benefit, which was uh, we had partnered with Lyft that any of our uh, tribe members who worked late, because some of our shops are open as much as 4 a.m. Um, on weekends, they could get subsidized Lyft rides home so they didn't have to like try to figure out transportation. We then, like, we pushed that benefit fleet-wide so that people didn't have to ride public transportation home. They could, like, at any hour of the day, going from a shop to home. So there was this big push there, but then there was also this big push to start giving away uh, pizzas to hospital staff during this time. It was something that we had done, actually, previously about, about 18 months ago when we were giving away free pizzas to uh, government workers who were furloughed in D.C. during the government shutdown. So it was something we had done previously. Um but it just, it exploded onto the scene. So we ended up giving away, and the first day that we did it, we ended up giving away close to 6,000 pizzas, free pizzas the first like day doing it, which um, if you recall, we were also turning over a menu that same day. So <laughs> <laughs> in terms of, we really just like stepped on ourselves a little bit, but it did create this incredible energy where it was just, everyone became aware of it and people wanted to donate. And so we actually were able to turn over uh, our digital platform a bit, and we were actually able to add both on our website that you could give, but also actually even in our app and in our ordering flow, you could actually also purchase a a, a hero pie, which would be a the funding for that would go right to basically purchasing um, pies for hospital staff and at so far we 've given away over forty thousand uh, pizzas through so a combination of people purchasing uh, um, a hero pie, so every morning we' give away a thousand a day. Where people can submit uh, requests to uh, get a code to just be able to purchase anywhere. And then we also do bulk drops, sometimes using our trucks, which um, we send our trucks out, and sometimes doing just like sh- uh, bulk drops from our shops to uh, hospitals. So we do 50, 100 pies uh, taken over to uh, a number of hospitals around which our shops are located.
0: Wow. So let me recap here. You get COVID hits. You get it locked down from government, you know, mandate, and then within three days, you're back up and running better than ever. 6,000 pies out there. You're rebooting a menu. You just went from 60, 65% walk-in to 0%, 100% Mm -hmm. digital. There's got to be some awesome partners behind that to make all that happen, right? Like you said, best laid plans, 12-month rollout for digitalization, transformation, and now it happens in three days. Not that you need to pat us on the back. Obviously, we do business together with Cheetah Digital, but can you explain, you know, some of the intricacies and the hurdles and challenges
2: and, and um, you know, who's yeah. powering them and, and what solutions do they provide? Uh, absolutely. And I, the only uh, correction I'll do on this is that we actually never stopped operating during any of this. Like, I think we actually, <laughs> we we rolled right on through, um, which is one of the interesting things, um, and I think a salient point is that in this kind of business, there's no stop times. Like we don't get weekends where we can like boot new software or we like our, our rollout times are generally like Tuesday morning for any big like code changes or anything. Tuesday morning at 7am is usually the time that we'll push uh, push new code live. And so like, there's never a time it stops. So what we're actually looking for is we're looking for a combination of like real flexibility, real adaptability and real precision. Like precision is so important because like I, I actually come from the, the B2B space earlier in my career and you actually realize how much give you have in the B2B space in certain areas. There's a lot of sophistication, actually a lot more sophistication in other parts of B2B, but in certain areas when you're, I, I picture like B2C as being like standing in front of like a freight train like from far away freight trains don't look like they're moving that fast when you're standing in front of them they will roll right over you yes. and when you have when you have like 10,000 orders a day rolling right through you like any glitches any problems like you start feeling like immediately watching scale come at you on like our text line or any of these other ways in which we see customers like it is it is a, a sight to behold so um, I think for us, when we looked at our partner base, even when we were selecting our partner base, we were really prioritizing those, a- those aspects, kind of, you know, precision, agility, adaptability, and really creativity, and the ability to, for us to kind of come up with new ideas and to find ways of executing them. And uh, definitely deserves a shout out, uh, you know, uh, Sparkfly, the team that actually manages our, um, our offer, and I believe, a, you know, a close partner of yours, uh, they manage like all our offers so like using like the hero pie give, just giving out free pizzas like when we were giving uh, away free pizzas for the government shutdown 18 months ago we hadn't instituted uh sparkfly yet and we had ways in which it was like the manual version of doing that was so painful in some ways it was it was it was it was, it was the lord's work i'm sure but it was uh, oof, it, it definitely took it out of us um this time, what we were able to do is we were able to get like flexible code set up with SparkFly. They were able to basically kick out like a one-day use code every day. We have this. Um, we're able to kind of dynamically vary those to every single person when we kick out the um, the codes to kind of everybody who submits each day. And what that does is that gives us the ability to essentially seamlessly send out like a fixed number of codes every day. They expire in one day. They're variable to one person and. It it means that like the actually the rollout of um, kind of this this big giveaway actually becomes something that is just like it's very quotidian. It's a very seamless experience. It doesn't interrupt any processes. Um, It doesn't kind of blow up any sort of like ordering flow. Shops are pretty other than giving away those six thousand pies in the first day, which shops (laughs) definitely felt. Uh, (laughs) But going forward. We give about give away a uh, thousand a day, and it just kind of goes. And I think that you know, we, there's a um, a chart I'll share on this, but you'll see this uh, this incredible step up of you get like six thousand pies in one day, and then you have this beautiful, beautiful like gradual ramp up of like every day it's about a thousand pies every day that just kind of goes out, and it it works like clockwork, and it's a way in which the, while it is a financial commitment we're making, and it is obviously every shops are giving away pies every day. It's not a, it doesn't take it out of the team to be able to continue to manage this process. And like the work that Sparkfly did with us in that moment, like, again, like if you think about that 48 hour turnaround and they just like came in and we figured out different ways of executing it. We tried a couple different things. Some things worked really well, but then became like, uh, a real hurdle in other areas and we we settled on this process within a few days and it just made all the difference in terms of being able to continue this like there was a period there when we were like can we do this longer than a week and we've now been doing it for nine weeks and counting and it's really been uh, it's been a special it's been real special to have that kind of partnership and why when we were looking at rebuilding our loyalty program to extend this kind of adapt adapt um, excuse me adaptability even further Like the first recommendation was we've got to work with Cheetah because that was like the ability to kind of seamlessly extend that piece into loyalty to also reflect a lot of these kind of brand pillars uh, was really big for us.
1: That's actually an interesting uh, uh, kind of segue into some of the conversations we've been having with some of the guests on um, Thinking Caps over the last uh, a couple of weeks and some of those um, uh, uh, series are going to be published in the next week or so. But one theme that we've got back from speaking to a bunch of kind of uh, folks in, in, you know, chief customer officers and CMOs and uh, folks in digital, et cetera, is actually in this COVID-19 period, as we start to sort of have restrictions easing and people are now focusing from the immediate kind of reaction to the lockdown to planning about how do they accelerate the recovery, what we're hearing from a lot of folks is actually well, loyalty has a really important part to play in that because retaining and growing existing customers may well be cheaper than going and buying new customers through advertising, et cetera, in, in, the, in the you know the foreseeable uh, future. So I'd love to ask you kind of, you know, thinking with the lens of, of accelerated recovery, but also more in general, General kind of what does a loyalty strategy look like for, for Pizza? How are you thinking about these things?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, for us, loyalty, I, there were two major things that we were looking for in loyalty, but I think that it starts with the idea, of, actually, it goes even to this, like what my position is, right? Like, so I had a, a technology for Pizza, but like, in my title, actually, like data is one of the, Like that is like the pillar of how we view our technology strategy. Um, We don't keep a big engineering team on staff. We don't think of it as like a, we don't think of ourselves as being a technology company, although technology is a major part of what we're doing. We think of it as being like, uh, like an information company. We're really working heavily with guests to understand who they are. And it comes back to those, those brand pillars. Like we were saying, yes, of course we're about product, but we're also about culture and cultural connection and mission. And for us, it came down to how well can you relate to your guests using the data that you're collecting. And for us, loyalty was—we were so focused on finding a loyalty program that actually gave us both the ability to seamlessly collect and use data, but then also to be able to like personalize and create a loyalty structure that felt really unique and felt really um, like you could almost version you know parts of your loyalty program even to like the 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 specific attributes or the specific way in which different customers wanted to engage. So to, to think about it in terms of um, like people who've purchased hero pies for other people, right? Like for us, one of those, that's an essential data point for us in terms of someone being mission oriented, right? So if our loyalty program, if we both know that they're making those purchases and our loyalty program starts orienting some of the aspects of, of that, that mission orientation, like, you know, um, looking at accruing points, not just about being able to, you know, purchase the next pizza for for less, but actually being able to donate points or being able to, to contribute, you know, when you make a purchase, a portion of it, uh, a portion of that purchase goes to a, a charity of your choice. Like these are all variables that we've been kicking around. And while we haven't finalized everything about our loyalty program yet, these are, these are pieces of of like building out what we think is like a different kind of relationship where loyalty becomes a part of, uh, putting kind of your money where your mouth is around that relationship rather than just saying like, yeah, we we're mission oriented. It's like, no, no, we're, we're collaborating with you to, to contribute to these causes or to be involved with you in the ways that are relevant to you. And especially in pizza, like we're, we are not under the, um, we are, we are not under the expectation that people are ordering pizza on a daily basis. You know, we're not sweet green where people have like ordering salads two or three times a week for lunch. Pizza is a, you know, once every couple of weeks kind of a, a, a product yeah we're not talking you're talking to the wrong guys we're pizza. Right. <laughs> hey, well well you're, you're one of our super users uh <laughs> yeah no I mean, it, but I mean I think the the idea of frequency is not always the key point for us around loyalty it's certainly we'd we'd like people to come to us rather than go to other pizza restaurants, but we're not expecting people to do pizza daily. What we do want is to be able to make sure that our con- our communications and our relationship um is relevant on a daily basis so that we're not just uh, kind of interrupting that we're actually contributing.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. You know, and earlier when we talked, there's another uh, interesting and unique position that I think you take, which is your, you know, be there when you, when they need you and be there where they need you uh, kind of strategy. Um, You know, you talked about 40,000 pies, you know, how are you how are you seeing new people come in, new behaviors? You know, are you are you adding people through this through this program? And then are you able to be in the right place at the yep. right time because you're learning more about these new people?
2: Yeah. It's a really, it's a, yeah, it's a really key point. Like during this time, I think we didn't go into this with the idea of this being a huge acquisition play right away. That's that's kind of not where our like our our heart was right away, and I think that's that's evidenced by the fact that we, during the federal government uh, shutdown, we gave away uh, you know tens of thousands of free pizzas, that I don't think collected a single name. Um, <laughs> but let's just say that was not going to happen again. I I was not here at the time of the federal government <laughs> shutdown. So um, when we when we did stand this up, you know, we we have actually seen essentially added. Um, almost 100,000, I think we're up at, we're up at 85,000 new um, kind of new user profiles during the first um, 60 days of this. Wow. So the first, you know, two months of this, which for us, you know, is a big deal. I mean, I think that's, you know, to, for the for the size of a brand that we are with, you know, 38 locations, like that's, that's a sizable number. And that's really, we're orienting so much of our our growth around that idea of building those relationships. I mean, that's been a KPI for, for me prior to this. Like that was, we were looking to grow uh, to a million kind of a million user base by the end of 2020. Um, and this has been a, a you know, a, that was kind of a key uh, target for us. The idea that just through this, this program um, that was really oriented around giving, we also kind of came brought in, again, close to a hundred thousand new users um, and we'll be well over a hundred thousand users by the time kind of the program, uh, wraps up when God willing, whenever that is. Yeah. Um, and that's, that for us is like this additional value where we know we're building relationship. We know from the government shutdown, we, we built relationship. People still kind of text in and say, you guys are the best. Like I remember when I did like, I, like we were furloughed and we had no income. And like, this was like how we would get, like, we would get like a meal. We'd be able to go out. Um, and so I think for us, we know that we're building a relationship, but then putting that data behind it where you can also both track it and, and, and re-engage around that key relationship point that you now know exists in your data. You're like, ah, we gave a free pizza to them, right? Or maybe 10 free pizzas to them in some cases. And that's, that's I think, a key point of engagement um, in the same way that somebody buying free pizzas for somebody else is similarly like a key point of engagement that we look at from uh, from that you know, starting point where you have a seminal moment where you're like, "Got it." So that's how this started. That's what the source was. That's where that's that sets a foundation for this.
0: Well, th- sorry, that's man. really interesting because oh. we talk. Sorry, it's interesting because we talk about known and unknown. And I think what you're saying is like another middle layer of like, "Hey, this is a consumer. They may have made a donation to help someone else. Maybe they're not a customer yet." But we say from known to unknown to known consumer uh, contact but really you're going from like consumer to customer and then loyalty and advocacy along the way. Sorry, Richard, not to step on you, but I want to make myself feel good about that thing we talked about <laughs> earlier.
1: Yeah, no, I was just, I was going to say, I know that we're coming up for uh, uh, to the end of the time here. And Darren, I have to say, you've been a fantastic uh, guest. I uh, love the energy and love the uh, uh, clarity of, it, of the answers around some of these issues. Will you do us a favor and come back in a few months and tell us, how it's going as, as with lockdowns ease and you start to kind of accelerate our recovery.
2: Absolutely. I'd be happy to do so. I'm also, we'll be really excited, uh, knock on wood, to also talk a little bit about the uh, the official launch of our loyalty program, the revised new loyalty program with all the bells and whistles. So yeah, no, I'd be happy to do it. Um, and yeah, here's hoping that uh, uh, at least some of the aspects of uh, return to uh, normal. Although again, I think in this kind of transitionary space, there's always uh, I would love to be able to keep more than, uh, right now, given that like our visitors are you know, close to 60% known now, and then there's like a third parties who we don't know, I'd love to be able to keep that ratio going in terms of the number <laughs> of known users. So, right. so here's hoping that that holds at least.
1: Well, we are here definitely to help you uh, achieve that goal. So uh, yeah, thank you for your your partnership and you've been a, a great customer. And we'd love to have you back in, uh, in the next few months.
2: Absolutely. Thanks so yeah. much for having me on.
1: absolutely. And everybody watching, you can go
0: to endpizza.com. We'll have that on the screen here. You can actually give away hero pies right now. You can donate, you can get in the mix, even if you don't have a location next to you. And also we have a great podcast with um, Catherine Tabor, the CEO of uh, Sparkfly. So if you want to learn more about Sparkfly and how they integrate into different CDPs and do offer management at scale, we have that as well. So Darian, again, thank you. Thanks for making the time. You guys be safe, wash your hands and uh, eat pizza.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much.